everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ruby Rhodes Podcast. I'm your host today, Valentino Stoll. I'm joined by two very special guests today, uh, hailing from the recent Rails world, uh, Dari Goldman and Miriam Gren. Did I say that right? Almost. Yeah. I would say dairy like uh, legendary. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the podcast. I usually say something different. Dairy I like gotcha. dairy products. Dairy. All right. Well, welcome, Dairy, and uh, welcome, Miriam. Uh, do you both want to maybe give us a little introduction? Uh, what what uh, brings you here today, and what got you to Rails World? Really, uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious to find out. So, Dari, do you want to go first? Okay. Um, so, um, I uh, recently graduated from uh, the Wagon Bootcamp, uh, which. Uh, does WebDL bootcamp that teaches primarily Ruby on Rails. And through that bootcamp, because I was a recent graduate, um, as Miriam was as well, we were able to audition to become MCs for the Rails World Conference. And that was pretty exciting. It's the first Rails World, so being able to be a part of that um, was pretty amazing. Um, I come to Rails from the bootcamp, but also having studied computer science before, and I was looking to like build like a, or like have more practical experience, which you don't really get with a degree. It's more theoretical. So um, coming to Rails and actually finding that and being able to build apps after the bootcamp was really valuable to me. And the conference was really cool because you're actually surrounded by other people who kind of have that same mindset. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> awesome. And Miriam, what about yourself? Yeah, so kind of the same experience with the uh, Rails. I uh, I attend the web development bootcamp, the Wagon, uh, and I like I like to say I've always been hands on with computer for almost ever because my dad was a tech guy, so I've always had computers. So it was not something new, but I had a totally different career. I was a lawyer, and sometimes it was there. It has always been there, and I had like same opportunity as uh, Derry to take the chance to audition for being an MC at the Rails conference. And you understand my English, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yes. So. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. Like to have the chance and opportunity to meet people from different part of the world and with different experience with Rails. That was unique chance so and it was the first like there is said so basically pretty much yeah i was watching a uh, rails world from afar and uh you know the the twitters or i guess x whatever you want to call it now <laughs> on social media it, yeah it seemed there was there was a lot of people and a lot of presence of uh you know career switchers or you know, maybe late career early rails uh mm-hmm. did, did you find that uh, was true at, at the conference? Were there a lot of other like kind of newer uh, people to Rails? Whether or not they, you know, were they? Uh, I'm curious. Like, how much? How many attendees would you say were new versus like hmm. new to just you know re- career wise? I would say that I met maybe a few other junior developers. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't like the majority of the people that I met. A lot of people that I met had been working with Rails for a long time, even if it wasn't their primary framework. They Mm -hmm. told me that they had been dabbling on and off with Rails. 
And um, this was perhaps their first conference where they'd been to a few, but this was like the first one where they were like, oh, wow, it's like just like all this excitement um, around the framework because you had the real support and everything. So I think, I don't know if there's so many juniors because I think if you were able to get a ticket (laughs) because they're sold out in 45 minutes, you Mm. had to be really, really enthusiastic about the conference. (laughs) And I think those were primarily, yeah, primarily the decades long users. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I think that there were a few uh, like us who were able to make it in. Mm. Yeah, I heard it was like uh, getting tickets to a Taylor Swift concert, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so upset. Uh, so upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was interesting to watch. I I didn't expect kind of uh, the response to be uh, as you know, at, I guess quick to action. Uh, I know mm. conferences can you know fill up fast, but uh, pretty wild to see it uh, blow up like it did. Um, so that's really yeah. cool. Uh, so you you both are in Europe, right? And so, uh, how was? I heard the venue was just incredible. Uh, it was oh, yeah. held in Amsterdam, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was it like? Uh, I'm just curious. So there's like you arrive sort of like in the center of Amsterdam, where you have the um, canals, and it's right next to the water. You have all these like you're really in like an old part of town it's not like going to a a new recent conference center it did have like this historic aspect to it and the building that we were in was just incredible when you enter into it um it's a full brick building and the spaces where the talks were held were in these two huge rooms in terms of acoustics it was just chef's kiss uh, because you couldn't hear the other talks. You couldn't hear really other noise from the um, sponsor lounge where a lot of people were kind of mingling. Um, and I think oftentimes that can be an issue with conferences is that it can just be really noisy in general. And in this case, that was um, that's not what happened. It was just really, really well done. And I think everyone kind of felt like they were a part of this sort of grandiose event and the location really lent itself to that. Yeah, if that's you awesome. see the pictures, <laughs> definitely <laughs> check them out. <laughs> I, I was watching, uh, I saw like everything was very meticulously laid out and, uh, you know, all the product placement of everything as far as swag or like banners yeah. and everything. It was just so well done. Uh, mm-hmm. It made it like, I, I know a lot of people were saying like, Instagram-worthy photos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say thanks to Amanda Perino, the executive mm. director for that. I think yeah. she has a particular eye for these kinds of things. And also the, um, I guess, event team uh, and the tech team behind everything. It just made everything look really cool on stage as well. So um, we are quite lucky. Yeah, too, because the, like, the keynote, the opening keynote is already online. So I don't know if you get a chance to watch it yet or not. Do you have an idea of how it looks? I did. I, uh, it was like, it reminded me of like an Apple event. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and it's funny because, you know, <laughs> DHH gives talks uh, in a similar fashion. I wouldn't say exactly quite like Steve Jobs did, but uh, in, in a very like, you know, grand was like, Hey, mm. this is we're excited about these things, and here's what we're doing. And uh, you know, his so <laughs> he has a you know a more comedic 
approach to it. <laughs> it felt very much like um, the prophet uh, speaking, um, and then afterwards his disciples would come after and then speak right. a little bit more about what he had just said. It was quite quite interesting. I really liked that approach. Um, but it, it was kind of funny a little bit where he would introduce something and then like the someone would have to follow up and actually explain that in their talk. And right. DHH made it sound so exciting. So it was kind of like, who I would, I hope that they can, I hope they can follow up, <laughs> live mm-hmm. up to the hype. Now I'm curious because uh, historically I've noticed that uh, Aaron Patterson likes to pick apart DHH's keynote <laughs> and, and make fun of, uh, you know, something that he had said that, did that happen or? <laughs> yeah. The I think that his talk or his closing keynote was quite mm. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely been the highlight for me. Uh, <laughs> I remember... They post yeah. the closing keynote quite soon because they've been kind of trickling out the talk. So I hope we get to see that by the time this podcast goes out. <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember one time, uh, you know, DHH had made a statement of we don't want as many computer scientists and get the science out <laughs> of, of the software world. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Aaron Patterson just completely, <laughs> you know, showed how science is used in almost every aspect <laughs> of software. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it really quite, I, I would say, like, I don't know if you can do that. Right. <laughs> it, it, the language is based in uh, science in some way. <laughs> but I like the sentiment. <laughs> so i mean it's exciting i was really excited watching the keynote uh you know i i haven't even been uh involved in turbo that much uh lately but you know hearing all the new features and stuff i definitely am getting more excited for uh you know i'm curious what what your takeaways from it were like are you as excited about like kind of new things coming to rails or is it uh you know kind of just a well, more features, I guess. I would say, yeah, it is actually, for me, it was really exciting. Even though, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm quite new at like Rails and at Strat, but it was still very exciting to see like that ecosystem that is growing and growing. And because, for example, some people here would say, hmm, Rails, not that much. It's kind of uh, dying. And for me, it was a case in point that it is absolutely not dying. And there, there's so much <laughs> and so many people like, being part of it. And I really had an example, like I have 700 people attending a Rails conference. I had 10 out of the 12 uh, core member, current core member here at the same time, at the same place to talk about that and more and more features. So, so even though I couldn't understand everything because I'm still junior, it was still like super exciting. Yeah, I will say that it makes you really, uh, really motivated to continue your learning. Um, we're both uh, teachers at our boot camp as well. And sometimes you can kind of get into a rut where you're teaching the same thing and uh, it kind of feels a bit repetitive and you don't end up going out and learning new things yourself because it takes up time and you're already trying to teach this. But for the first time in a few months, for me at least, I really wanted to go back to my old apps and like see, okay, if I upgrade Rails and if I uh, use Turbo Morphing or if I use some of the stimulus stuff Mark, uh, Marco Roth was talking about, what can I do with my apps now? How can I improve my own apps um, and then implement that in my actual job? Um, and I think a lot of people came away 
thinking, you know what? <laughs> Let's start using some of these new features. Let's stop like trying to work with what we have and they're actually building things that we need so let's go ahead and use them i think there's a lot of excitement around that as well yeah that's pretty neat uh i I just remember watching the the keynote where you know a couple features were introduced where there's kind of already significant gems uh you know you use for that purpose uh and it's always fun to watch uh you know as rails kind of builds up Something that it said it wouldn't do. <laughs> and now, you know, pe- enough people are like saying, well, we need this. And, you know, core members are like, okay, yeah, maybe we should have a feature like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were, did talk about that during their um, AMA is that they were saying, you know, if enough people are building something and enough people find a use out of it, um, why not integrate that into the actual framework? It, it just makes sense. Um, so hopefully the community keeps doing that so you can get more (laughs) features just automatically coming with rails in the next, uh, next versions. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still swapping some pieces out, uh, of various apps (laughs) in in favor of the core, uh, features. Um, but I, I love it. I love to see, you know, a more standard way to do it rather than a million ways to do it and trying to pick the right one that could go stale, right? Yeah, exactly. That's kind <laughs> it's of hard the, to pick always and choose. The, right. That's always the worry is that, okay, if I choose this gym, how long is it going to be maintained if it's right. not already in the framework? <laughs> <laughs> Will I have to maintain it? <laughs> We're just getting started, so we don't have to worry about that just yet. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a problem you did, for you. You did miss a lot of, uh, you know, big switches. So <laughs> good time to join. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious, like, uh, so you emceed uh, Rails World. W- what's involved with that? How- and how did you get there? Right? Like, maybe if you want to go first, like, you know, uh, what what were you doing for emceeing? And, and what even got you to that point, right? <laughs> so we exposed. And um, I was really excited to apply for this because, like I said, um, I was curious about the event and so step by step we we learned what it was involved you know so um so we had a few calls and and then like she we had the script and everything so we had to know uh something about the people we were gonna introduce and yeah this kind of thing so a lot of some pressure a bit i don't know dairy about you like did you feel the pressure or um, so I had worked in hospitality before and sometimes you did kind of have to be on stage or in front of people explaining things. So it wasn't like a totally new experience and I felt sort of comfortable on stage being in front of 700 people is still kind of nerve wracking. Um, but luckily we have a teleprompter, uh, but we did have to prepare our own scripts that meant uh, finding out a bit more about the speakers themselves and uh, not just their uh, their bio or, or their um, top description that was included in, on the conference website or on the app. But sometimes I went and actually searched to see if they had done anything else uh, because that's always interesting. You want to see and like kind of uh, boost them up so that they sound really important and actually like really highlight what they've done for the community. Um, so I think the coolest part was actually preparing the scripts because you're really kind of, you feel much more a part of the um, conference itself. 
um, because you're already getting to know the people who will be involved. Um, And then afterwards, I don't think that there was too much uh, preparation. We uh, rehearsed together on video calls. And then afterwards, um, we rehearsed when we actually arrived in Amsterdam um, the day before the conference when everything was set up. Uh, So that was quite cool because we got to see kind of like the behind the scenes look at uh, how Rails World was being organized. That's awesome. Yeah, I I can't imagine getting up in front of that many people. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Sometimes it really is, but uh, the the room is big enough so that you don't see everyone, and especially in the back. So that kind of helps. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I've submitted talks before, and then you know, uh, I worry and like get huge dread that it would get approved. (laughs) So you haven't given any talks uh, before. I've given them at work. Uh, <laughs> and even that is like too much for me. I feel like I'm just not meant to to speak in front of an audience. <laughs> you know what um, I found is that a lot of people start giving their talks, obviously, a little bit ahead. Well, not everyone, actually, but some people give their talks in kind of like smaller uh, groups, like with the Ruby uh, meetups and stuff like that. And that actually seems quite interesting, especially like I think a technical talk is quite difficult to do. Um, we had the easy job. We were just introducing people, clapping, and then heading off stage. <laughs> they had to meet up there for 30 minutes talking about a particular subject. So, Right, right. <laughs> That's true. I think our job descriptions are slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> so so what were your... Uh, what were your maybe two or three favorite talks that, that you watched? I'll let you go, Marion. Hmm. Favorite uh, talk? I really enjoyed um, Kylie Stradley. It was about encryption. She works at GitHub. And I don't know, I was really captivated. I didn't get it all, but uh, she really wanted to. And Alessio, um, he's the Turbo Native guy. And in 30 minutes, just built an app in Minkinos, of course. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to watch a lot of the Turbo Native stuff. Uh, I'm hoping we can get uh, Joe on at some point uh, to talk more about it too, because uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I used to do React Native stuff uh, a long time ago, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I'm excited to see how you know maybe some of the HTML generated aspects of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can help uh, ease that pain because. Uh, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to make something like that uh, where it feels fast. Exactly. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to hear about the encryption talk too. Uh, Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm sorry. I have to correct. Yeah, I knew I was confusing the two names actually again because I did that at the conference and the Turbo Native guy is actually Joe Mazzoletti or something like that and that's Mike Delasio. Yes. (laughs) We knew who you were talking about. Yeah, we got it. I I am also terrible. uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, thank you for that correction. (laughs) Uh, I only know because I was uh, looking up a, a few of his articles earlier. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, he's coming out with a full course. Uh, I saw it on on, on the Reddit today. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wow, he's quick." <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> yeah, he has a uh, an intro, which looks pretty interesting, but I was going to wait till uh, he had his Android one as well. Uh, oh, so we can just okay. do both. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I think it was iOS only was the first one, but which is pretty cool, you know, so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so more to come, I hope, from, from Joe. Uh, <laughs> so what are you? What about you, Derry? Uh, my favorite. What were talks. your favorites? Um, so I would say one of my favorites was from Peter Zhu. He works at Shopify, and he his talk was on the Ruby Garbage Collector. So. <laughs> And I will preface this with after the talk, someone behind me or during the talk, someone behind me was saying, this guy is just like Stephen jo- Steve Jobs <laughs> because his presentation was so like, just like exciting. The uh, slides were absolutely boring. The most basic slides you could get, just white and then black Arial or uh, Helvetica font. But the way that he um, gave the talk uh, was so interesting. And at the very end, he was like, you guys can forget about everything I've said about the Ruby Garbage Collector. And I'm now introducing this new gym, the Auto-Tuner. <laughs> it was like, this is the first, uh, you guys are the first people in the world who are going to get to see this gym. Da, 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 da. And the, just like the the unveiling of this new gym was <laughs> insane i said it's insane like we're all co- like it, it feels like computer geeks but like, i was just like wow this guy he made me want to buy this app or like buy this gym right now um, that's really funny so i liked him for his showmanship it was <laughs> he was quite quite good and then afterwards um uh i also really enjoyed uh marco roth's talk um about the future of the rails framework and so we kind of went through how we can build a bigger community around hotwired stimulus. And that was actually pretty cool as well. Um, and what I liked about this as well is that it's another person who's contributing outside of the Rails framework, but still kind of very close to it. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend checking out his talk as well. Uh, and of course, I, I also want to say, um, Eileen, you should tell, uh, she had a great closing keynote on the first day about the magic of rails. And I thought, um, it was I love important. Her talks. yeah, it was just really like, um, really made you recognize how, how great rails is as a framework and how we can move forward as well. Um, but yeah, those are the three talks I think I mentioned that, um, I really liked, but they were all really great and I couldn't see all of them. So. I'm excited for those videos to come out as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny you mention uh, Peter's uh, Zeus, you know, uh, Steve Jobs like uh, <laughs> talk because uh, <laughs> in, in RailsConf 2016, uh, it was I think maybe the first time DHH wasn't at a RailsConf, and mm-hmm. Jeremy Dyer uh, from Basecamp gave uh, the keynote instead. And it was very deadpan and uh, very, there was like maybe like one or three words per slide. Oh no. <laughs> like in, in an Apple, it was, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's entertaining to watch. <laughs> I'm actually going to check this out. If uh, not tonight, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one not to miss. Uh, and I just love Peter Zeus. Uh, he has this blog series on uh, a walk 
along the seaside, a Rubius oh, nice. walk along the seaside. And he just goes through, uh, you know, how to basically program C with Ruby and Ruby C extensions. And if you're curious on speeding things up or need optimal performance and stuff, uh, I, I haven't been really entertained by that. So <laughs> nice. uh, I'll be excited to watch uh, his talk as well. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, what, it seems like it was a very exciting event, right? Like, um, at, even even for early career, you're like still excited about the Rails framework. I hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> did you, how how did you come away from it? You know, I, did did you? I, I hope that you met a lot of people in the community. Was welcoming. Is it is that still the case? Kind of at uh, at these conferences. Yeah, it was actually quite nice to not feel. Uh, I don't know, if awkward. Like sometimes you can definitely feel awkward in certain places. I know that can be my thing. I'm an introvert. But uh, some, at some meetups I've been to, <laughs> tech meetups, we'll say, you actually like walk in and you just feel like, wow, this doesn't really feel like my place. This doesn't feel like my people. Like they don't seem very sociable. It's very cliquish. And what was nice at this conference was that everyone was really open and welcoming. They were came up to you to say hello, like, can I learn a bit more about you? They were totally okay with you walking up to them and being like, hey, um, how's it going? Who are you? What do you do? Um, and everyone seemed like really excited to like meet other people and make those connections. Um, so yeah, I if all Rails conferences and Ruby conferences are like this, I'm totally trying to go to more. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, I... I haven't been to a, a Rails conference in, in quite a long time, unfortunately. So uh, I'm I'm hopeful that it continues to be a, a better experience every time. So uh, next yeah. year in Toronto. Oh really? Oh, that's exciting. Super curious about you know Le Wagon <laughs> to begin, uh, but more about you know how how is your like how is it starting Rails? You know, I, it's been a long time for me. I've been you know doing Rails for maybe 10 years now or so, uh, maybe more, I don't know. <laughs> Stop keeping track. But yeah, you know, it's been a long time since I've had to like, you know, get set up with something new and, you know, learn something that's missing. It's, you know, there's, there's so many features now, I definitely don't know them all. <laughs> so I'm still right. learning, right? But I don't know what is like point blank now. <laughs> Did you have uh, an easy time with that? Or what were the, ch what were the challenges? Uh, all of them no of them. <laughs> um i feel like i was a bit lucky because i came from a computer science background so like learning ruby itself wasn't too difficult i had learned python and java and like coming to ruby i was like yeah this is this is perfect i love this uh going into rails after that and like uh, understanding how to build an app I think is a bit, it's difficult. Um, but what I think is a bit harder is that once you are able to build something quite basic, and we'll say that's your MVP, I think that um, unfortunately boot camps make it, they don't teach you the next step. And I think that's where Rails gets very difficult is how do you get this basic app into an actual product that people can use? And there's a whole lot of things that come afterwards. 
um, that are built into Rails, thankfully, but you don't really learn about them. And I think that that's where the real learning begins. That's the hard part. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how you felt, Miriam, about that, about um, learning Rails. Yeah. Well, um, I would say that, you know, when for us, from my experience, when I started Rails, it was after um, Algorithm, Ruby, Estra. So suddenly the magic came, you know, that was my experience to raise, oh, and you see the connection and everything. But then I agree with you when you said that when you do the bootcamp, okay, you do basic projects, but it's not a real app. It's more of a prototype, you know, so it's not the app that you, you, know, you build it in two weeks. So it's not something that you're going to sell on the Apple store or whatever. And then like I have my first, uh, I'm still working on my first big freelance app project and I see all the dramas it comes with. So yeah, it has highs and down and luckily I'm not by myself, but yeah, yeah, still some work. But still cool, very cool framework though. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever want to move away from Rails to something else. I mean, careers might uh, make that a necessity, but like I really like learning this particular framework and I like what comes with it. And I like the gems that are built for it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, originally I, I, it was meant, meant for, you know, product driven development, you know, where you have products or SaaS or something that you wanted to sell. Uh, and I think that's, what's gotten it so much support over the years, right. Is people can just, you know, build something with it and sell it. Right. right? Uh, and so I'm interested to see where that leads because, uh, you know, there's there's a new uh, framework on top of Rails called Bullet Train uh, that's come out recently. I, um, that's interesting. That lets you just build products uh, mm -hmm. and do less of Rails with more of the magic behind the scenes, uh, which I'm interested to see where that leads to. Actually, I haven't but, heard that before, and I'm going to... Yes, like it's, it, so I can... it is really neat. Uh, you know, I it has like uh, if you're familiar with uh, Chris Oliver's uh, uh, Go yeah, Rails, so Chris has uh, built so it's this. A, well, no, no. So <laughs> somebody <laughs> else has. Okay, <laughs> but it's similar to that Go Rails framework or Jumpstart Rails, where you have right, uh, some like app already built, and uh, this comes more from the generator side. So. Nice. Basically generating everything that you would need, like an admin page and things like that, uh, already set up so you can just focus specifically on the product that you want to build. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, and I always think of that anytime that I think about Rails, is that, that they're kind of synonymous, that you're trying to build something. Um, but it's still... The the Rails new is missing so much, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, especially... just like uh, setting up setting up the app. It's like okay, we've got the the bare minimum. That's great. Right. What what comes after that? And when you see like <laughs> when you see like okay, Rails new, and then you hear okay, GitHub uses uh, Ruby on Rails. You're like. Right. I, you don't know where that comes from. How right, do we make that it, connection? Yeah, where is it drawn? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, you got a great point there. You know, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk of like making the landing page when you're done with a Rails new, right? Like have other stuff and information, right? Which I don't know why they haven't done that. Uh, <laughs> seems right. like a great place to start. 
but I don't know. It makes it easier for sure. But I think there's value in being like, at some point, look at the documentation. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, even just embedding the guides, the Rails guides, which are a fantastic, uh, you know, resource for picking up everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if I had first started again, I would want more of like a coached experience. And, and maybe it's like a not one size fits all kind of answer there, but, uh, definitely in a boot camp scenario, I would imagine, you know, just having a bunch of stuff like already, already made. <laughs> Could help like draw a lot of those connections. Yeah, it's true. Like uh, we have a lot of exercises that have some things that are, you know, examples that you're working towards or uh, okay. things that are already done for you. Even our bootcamp that has some um, templates that you can use to get started with just like having a simple site or having a site with uh, users a using device. So it's uh, th- there are some ways that you can have like a the minimum <laughs> to get started um, without thinking about, okay, what database do I use or uh, what, um, how am I going to add device or how, what am I going to do? Am I going to add bootstrap or anything like that? Uh, luckily with those templates, it's already done. Um, but there always is going to be the after that we don't really learn. Like uh, uh, how am I going to add my service workers? Um, what am I going to use for app security? Uh, what do I use for my testing? And that's not something that we cover in depth during the uh, bootcamp. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. Uh, you know, how did the wagon like kind of help guide guide that process for you? Like, outside of just like the exercises, like, is there like a step? All right, after you've hit this exercise, you can like get to this exercise. Was it chained, or was it more of like, oh, well, we have these topics we want to cover, and uh, they're specific to that you have kind of like your dashboard and you have your exercises that are given to you each day. Well, you kind of have them set up by lecture. uh, So you can move forward if you want to, but most of the time you don't really have that much time in your day. So you're probably going to go day by day um, through your lectures and through your um, exercises. I did the part-time bootcamp. So we watched our lectures before we came into our class. Um, but if you do full time, someone is going to be there to give you the lecture that day. And then afterwards, uh, you're going to work on those exercises. And um, normally, once you first start, um, you're going to go through simple like Ruby coding exercises, kind of similar to Leap code. And then you build upon that with different stuff. And we're able to rake those exercises and see um, compared to their testing file if we've done them correctly or not. So it does kind of help us kind of get into the flow of um, what uh, programming is or what coding would be. Um, so you, we are kind of familiar with coding and then testing, but we don't actually kind of learn that testing part, like how to write our own test, for example. Um, gotcha. And afterwards, you kind of build that up. Uh, so for example, when you start um, writing uh, websites or web pages, rather, later on you'll write websites but um you like i said before you're going to be working toward an example um maybe that's like an example of the page that they've given you uh, maybe that's going to be an example of another website uh we like to use recipe websites a lot um so you're going to be trying to build that or replicate the kind of logic um that they have uh told you to use and they're 
is um, we do incorporate um, more and more of like the Ruby on Rails um, patterns uh, and coding logic as as we move forward. And then afterwards, once you arrive at your project weeks, you're kind of a little bit on your own. Uh, so we do get those templates, but afterwards it's up to us to like build our idea out. Um, we do have our teachers that help us with that, but um, afterwards it's kind of like we have to make that our own. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, I wish I had a boot camps <laughs> when I was learning because uh, I just you know picked up a, a book and uh, <laughs> tried to run the examples. And well, that's I, what I'm doing now. So yeah. don't worry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we well, all come me... back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It, it does bring me to a, a question I have uh, in that you know what what were your gotchas right there are. Our Rails gotchas, there's so much magic happens, right? Uh, that you'll hit a point where you're, you know, the the exercise may say to do something and then something else happens that different than you might expect, uh, which is just kind of part of learning the, a framework in general, I think, uh, is all of the hidden things that you just need to know that maybe aren't documented or aren't straightforward as far as what they're doing, uh, right? Because you're not familiar with it. So right. I have an example uh, from when I yes, was learning that I just remembered. Yeah, uh, where, uh, you know, in Rails, you can create, it has generators and you generate a scaffold uh, and it makes views for you. Uh, but in the controller, you can, you know, say, oh, I wanted to serve JSON instead of HTML. Uh, and if you wanted to customize that, then you had to create, you know, a special view that had a special extension and for the life of me, I swear I was trying to get this page to render in a different format than HTML. And it just, I didn't have the file that existed. <laughs> and I must have spent a week trying to figure out how to, how to get it to work. <laughs> and what did you end up doing in the end? Uh, in, in the end, I just made a new controller. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to generate the, anything. Yeah, I generate. I used the generator again. And I said, okay, I want JSON this time. <laughs> <laughs> And it generated the right thing. I don't even know that I learned anything from that other than, you know, <laughs> how to use the generator a different way. But you kind of hacked your way to your answer, right. <laughs> which I think is what happens most of the time. I'll say my gotcha. Um, it was during our project weeks and we had created this form that was going to create um, a, an alert object that had should had should have had multiple images. And when you created the uh, alert, it had the images. But if you ever wanted to edit it and you wanted to add a new image, it would delete all of the images that you had before. And I was just like, this does not feel very magical. Why can't I just select like what's going on with these images? I don't I don't understand. I don't know what to do. So I probably spent like two, two, three days on this way too long. I'd ask one of the uh teacher assistants and they were they spent probably an hour or so with this on me and they were like maybe you should just do it in javascript and i was like no this is why we use rails so we don't have to use javascript and i can't remember what i did now i think i i think after the boot camp i went back and um went into like the rails guides in depth and found like this uh, method that I could add to that particular line that would keep my images and that wouldn't erase everything each time. 
but of course it was after the project. So I, I felt a little less happy about it because no one knew but me that I had committed this new change to our app. <laughs> at least you found it though, right? At least I found the answer at some point. Yeah. <laughs> what was your gotcha, Miriam? I don't know, maybe have some bad experience with the scaffolding as well. You know, but uh, in my, for example, during my uh, boot camp, we've been told, no, you don't do scaffold. Scaffold is just for the teacher to show you to go quicker. But I am, uh, I don't listen. So I just scaffold and I scaffold and then it becomes a big mess. And so at the end of the day, like every time I, I am lazy trying to do things to, you know, because I'm lazy, I end up having to work more and just do the app again and again. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have scaffolded. Five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I end up uh, spending one hour, you know, only one more. So this kind of experience. And some like uh, when you, um, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't deploy your app, you don't, you don't, you don't, and everything is local and everything is working local. And then you're like, hmm, I should check though how it goes when it's in production. It's like, oh, shit, it doesn't work. And then you don't know where the problem comes from. So this kind of situation I would like to avoid now. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally sympathize with the, uh, it works locally on my machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's working uh, for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that is a hard thing to digest. Uh, working with Rails is the, all the different environments, and they can all have different configurations. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm hopeful that all this Dockerization stuff can help solve some of those issues. But uh, what's funny is that I've heard other Rails developers were like, "I, I hate Docker." <laughs> <laughs> I am like, well, one of those. I, I have no opinions. <laughs> it's it's a love hate relationship. Uh, <laughs> I I don't like setting up new apps that have a lot of dependencies. Uh, you know, cross app dependencies. Those are the worst ones. Uh, yeah, getting those working locally. So it's a you know, if, if once you have the apps running though, it's smooth sailing <laughs> until you go to Docker, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the problems come back. Uh, <laughs> but I would say uh, overall, I, I enjoy Docker. I, I feel like, uh, you know, outside of Rails, it also is a common pattern, right? So if I wanted to try out WordPress as an example, uh, you know, which is written in PHP, I could just run the Docker container for it and there it's working. I don't have to figure out how to install PHP or right. all the dependencies that maybe are, are there for that, right? Or any of this AI stuff. Uh, you know, I can set up a lot of llama model in a Docker container and not have to worry about, you know, making sure all the dependencies for Python and PyTorch and all that stuff are set up. So, uh, the, computer. yeah, I mean, having a standardized way to just, uh, you know, orchestrate a ton of interdependencies, Docker is great, you know. But anytime something goes wrong, which... When you're learning, it's not necessarily a great, you know, do you then have to like learn Docker just so you can figure out maybe where the issue yeah, is? Yeah, that's, like that's always the problem is that uh, the less, yeah, exactly. The less app 
interdependency you have, the simpler it is, at least on your end. Uh, Once things start getting bigger and you get a bigger team, it's no longer that simple, is it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, Which I guess, you know, from... DHHS keynote on, you know, as an example, the, the, was it the static cash stores or solid cash or whatever it solid was? Solid cash, yeah. Solid cash. Uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Get rid of Redis uh, for a simple use case, right? If uh, I forget what Shopify called their framework. They have like a, a light rails <laughs> where it uses SQLite and like everything is just like, you know, a single stack, uh, you just, you know, you don't have almost any dependencies, uh, which is really nice, right? If you, all you need is Ruby uh, to get started. So I will say I, I'm hopeful that there are more lighter stacks that help people learn faster. Uh, but it, like you're saying, you know, you can't, it's not what you would see in production as a product, right? So yeah, it's it's a hard jump to make. <laughs> and I, I do wonder, like um, in his keynote, he did speak about the one person framework. And I think that really caught a lot of people's attention. Um, what does that actually mean in practice? And for an actual app that's a product, does the one person framework also, is that also going to extend to those bigger apps? Um, I wonder because yeah, the one person framework for junior developers, that sounds great. Like we want to know everything. We want to know the back end. We want to know the front end. We want to be able to do both. Um, and we want to be able to carry that over to our careers. Hopefully that'll catch on a bit more instead of having to choose. Um, <laughs> but is that going to be the case once you go over to a, a, a company like Shopify or Airbnb or GitHub? Um, does I mean the one person framework can't really work in that in those instances I think or perhaps we'll see it it may uh, you know it's I I think back to I, I would say the the first time I started at a company that was like legit like Rails development <laughs> mm-hmm. and I I was coming from a, an advertising agency where I had like been using Spree, which was a, an e-commerce, popular e-commerce choice at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just using the framework to get a shopping cart up, right? Uh, and then as soon as I, I joined this consultancy, and they seemed to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they used Vim, and they, re- they wrote tests. I didn't know what tests were. You know, uh, I'm glad they keep tests out of, uh, you know, out of the boot camps to start. Right, because it definitely is. It takes some time to to understand why you even need them. <laughs> right, it doesn't take uh, too much time, but <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, a couple of, a couple bugs and right, you're like, I wish I had a test. <laughs> okay. Now I get it, <laughs> but you know, you almost need to go through that pain of having the bug and figuring it out, right, before you're like, oh, like a, this test would have been great, right, <laughs> right. Uh, but I just think, like, I remember just feeling like. Well, I am nothing like compared to these people that know what they're doing. Like, <laughs> and it was like a hard on ramp uh, from being a junior to like even just getting to like mid junior, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it, it, I must it must have been a full year of like pairing with somebody, uh, you know, to feel at, at all comfortable, right? 
I, I'm hopeful. Like, have have you noticed like maybe that transition being different or no. better? No, <laughs> I feel the same. I've just started um, a role with uh, by Europe, who's one of the sponsors at uh, Rails World as a technical support engineer. Um, so I'm one of the more junior members on the team. Uh, and it's uh, quite a learning curve as well, because you do feel like everyone around you knows so much um, about the framework, about the um, app itself. Um, and you constantly feel like you're trying to catch up. Um, <laughs> one of the particularities <laughs> of um, my job is that you have to sort of fix like the small uh, maybe not even small, but fix some of the issues or singularities that happen um, that aren't normally supposed to happen. And oftentimes that means like trying to navigate the code base. And that can be quite difficult sometimes and overwhelming. And I think that it's the same thing where you feel like, I feel like I always need to pair with someone or have someone explain like, did I get this right? Did right. I look in the right place? Um, oftentimes they're like, you can also look here. <laughs> they, <laughs> they know it in five minutes. I have to look for like 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, it's getting a little bit faster now. Thank goodness. I uh, looked at enough files uh, daily to kind of now have a better feeling. I'm now groping my way around the code base instead of like looking in the darkness. Um, I can kind of see what's going on now. But it is quite tough starting out um, with so many knowledgeable people around you. At the same time, you have to kind of see it as an advantage as well that you have so many people who can help. Um, and luckily on my team, they are willing to help. So at least there's no one who's trying to block that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> What's your perspective in Miriam? Is it similar or are you, are you feeling like confident? <laughs> yes, same but different. <laughs> Same but different, I would say, because I don't work for a I, I, I For now, I'm a freelancer, but I don't work by myself. So the app on which we are working, I, I feel like the same as you, uh, Derry, when you said like with the more junior, I feel the same. And sometimes it just, I'm, sometimes I just feel like, you know, useless. I'm like, oh, so it's the, the most difficult part is to find your uh, legitimate, legitimate to feel legitimate about that, you know, and to feel that you can, <laughs> thank you, and that that uh, you your work uh, is useful, and you know, keep learning. And same like the people I work I work with are trying to help as well, and and so that's cool. So I feel I can see the lights, you know. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, you know, the light does come. <laughs> thank <may> you. Be, yeah. <laughs> Speaking you know, from experience, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you'll it, you'll always feel like you don't know uh, about something, you know, and that is normal. So uh, I don't think that ever goes away. Like I still will go into meetings and be like, I don't know what they're talking about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, just like you were saying, you know, you look it up and then you know, right? So right, you look <laughs> um, it up enough times, it's right it's memory. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that you just won't remember. You know, you can't memorize everything. Uh, at least I can't. So I can't uh, either. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, I'm always looking. I'm still to this day looking stuff up. You know, <laughs> how how does uh you know even the most simple stuff like 
how does the router work, right? Like, how do I add a route for this specific thing? Uh, I don't memorize that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Do you have any tips for um, junior developers, Valentino, as someone, as a veteran developer, um, speaking to junior developers? (laughs) I'm now on the Uh, interviewing side. (laughs) I mean, for for me, uh, I tried to learn too much at once and thought I just need to know everything like in in this moment, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. You don't need to do that. I would say focus on, you know, the task at hand. I have... I have a problem of just getting sidetracked all the time. And so uh, too many unknowns is very unhelpful to, to, to me for that reason, right? Because uh, then I'll just get sidetracked and everything learn very little uh, over that period of time. So right. uh, yeah, I would say just, you know, small pieces, right? Like a little bit at a time, baby steps, and you'll make it just the same, you know? <laughs> Whether, because you can't like, you're not going to, read the entire rails guides and then digest it all right like you're right. not going to know it all <laughs> uh and you can you can reread the same guide a million times and still not you know understand everything that's hap- it's talking about right <laughs> yeah um, and even if you use it once you have to be using it over and over waiting for the updates re- reading the new updates and then using right. the, those updates right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say the the overwhelming uh, aspect of it, you know, let it just wash away because, you know, nobody knows it all. And uh, there's no need to learn everything, right? So uh, it's kind of like the magic of Rails. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm looking forward to to hearing Eileen talk about it because, you know, there's so much that happens that you don't necessarily need to know about, but, you know, until an issue happens, right? Uh, and so I, I'm happy that that's there, you know, that I don't have to know it all. Right. Agree. <laughs> uh, and so as a junior, you also don't need to know it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> let, let Reels do its magic. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I wish I had stuck more to, uh, you know, the core features of Reels. Uh, when I started, instead of like, trying out a new gem or whatever new thing somebody would had recommended, right? Uh, it's very easy to fall into that trap of, oh, this is really cool, new, shiny toy, you know? Uh, but yeah. Rails has this duller knife over here that cuts the cake the same way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's just worth using that, you know, until you feel comfortable with, you know, that particular feature. Yeah, um, that's so true. And I... I think that it is important to kind of understand uh, what Rails provides to you just as like, that's what the framework is. And then afterwards, if there's really nothing uh, that actually does the job you're looking for, then look for a gym. Um, But you're right. Like I think as juniors, sometimes we are really quick to be like, okay, is there a gym that can do this for me? And we don't actually look at what Rails can do for us. We're just like, I just need someone else to do this for me. Really right. quick. That's kind of the the um, double-edged sword of the boot camp is that you learn really quickly, but you also are trying to do things very quickly. Uh, so yeah, the I learning process is shortened, um, whereas you probably need to take a little bit more time on the basics. So I'm curious. Yeah, go ahead, Miriam. Sorry. Yes, the gap 
Yeah, I, I, I said that. So I, I was quite happy that when I took my boot camp, you know, ChatGPT was not quite on yet. So we didn't get the chance to just ask ChatGPT like for the answer, you know. And now I can see the difference with the new batch like in, of the boot camp where I am a teacher and like lots of students would just ask ChatGPT. And the problem is, okay, it's cool. And we have to consider the fact that it's here and we can use it. And that's uh, amazing. But you know, don't get all what is happening behind it. Yeah, that was what I wanted to say. Yeah, that that's a that's a great point. I didn't even think about uh, Chat GPT being in existence, uh, or even right like a GitHub's Copilot. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote in Type TypeScript with the Copilot. Yeah, and you know they fill in the whole function for you if you just write a sentence, and it's wild. Uh, but you know, then they have a tiny little bug in there. That's, you know, it doesn't do what you want it to. And maybe they like made up a method. (laughs) Right. You know, if if I didn't know what I was looking at, (laughs) uh, I'd have a hard time learning. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I actually like Copilot, but I, yeah, I definitely cannot do the majority of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> At least maybe I haven't prompted it correctly. I don't know the ins and outs of prompting <laughs> Copilot yet, which is probably a good thing. So <laughs> so I'm curious what your experiences are like, uh, you know, when you did reach out for a gem or something like that, uh, w- was that like a familiar experience? Uh, you know, was it hard to get to integrate something external to Rails as a newcomer, or is it fairly straightforward? What was your overall experience with that? Fortunately for me, most of the times it was pretty easy to integrate a gym as long as the documentation was clear. Um, the only problem, I think, um, was that um, finding a well known gym can be quite difficult sometimes um, using the Ruby gyms. Uh, .org website uh, because you can't always like search by like okay this is the gym that I need now I need to find like those downloads I mean they might have changed that since um, but when I was using it it was hard to search for uh, something that was uh, reputable um, so you'd end up trying to google and I think searching for gyms could get pretty pretty difficult um, <laughs> Jenny uh, should actually did a talk on this about where uh, she said that, you know, pay attention to what gyms you're installing because not all of them have, um, uh, what is it, good intentions. <laughs> and she did like a kind of joke on that, that I'll, I'll leave the surprise for you guys for her talk when it, it does come out. Um, but that was kind of my worry. It was like, okay, if I integrate this gym into my app, is it going to be okay? Is it going to break it? Is it going to install some virus and destroy it? But, what That's am I getting point. myself into? Um, but for the most part, uh, getting the gym was quite easy as long as it was well-known and maintained. Yeah, I think I had like one bad experience, not a virus, but just it was not, you know, I was very, very new, but trying to act like someone who knows. So I would search for a gym. I don't remember which one it was. And like, it was, mm, no, it's not maintained anymore. So I was a bit embarrassed, ashamed, like, you know, because you feel really happy and excited and like, yes, I'm a big girl. I found my gem and it's, no, it's not my gem. So this kind of experience, but other than that, no, it was, um, I think like we, I got, well, um, 
uh, I've been taught well, like how to use gem. And like you said, you check in the documentary. So usually so far, so far, so good. Apart from this uh, bad experiments. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, there is a, a site, Ruby Toolbox. I don't know if it's maintained anymore. Uh, that historically was like the place you go, oh, like, you get to see all the stats on GitHub, like when was the last commit, uh, you know, when was the last published. And it tries to grade it a little bit, like, you know, A through F or whatever. <laughs> you know, how good, how, how qual- what's the quality of this gem, right? <laughs> I would like exactly. to see that, you know, if you're doing like, uh, if you're adding something to your, to, uh, your gem file, I-, I would like something to just run against it, right? And be like, you know, are these good? Like, is this the right thing? You know, it would, yeah. it would, there's, there's something missing there. I agree. Like, how do you know? Even just Googling, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think there are like other package, um, like package websites where they do have like this sort of rating, like a grade where people are able to say like, this is really well maintained. This is not well maintained. I will never use this again. But yeah, I feel like Ruby should have that. I do think that... Um, uh, with Chris Oliver's hackathon that happened this year, there might have been a site that was created um, to kind of better organize Ruby gems. But I'm wondering, I don't remember the, the name of it is, so I'll have to check it out. Uh, but I'll put that plug in there for them if anyone wants to search for their site. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look that up too. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, now I have to look. Uh, let's see the entries. I looked at the projects, like some of them are pretty interesting, but I was like, oh, I really like this one. There's a lot of gem related ones. Cool. Man, I I haven't looked at uh, the hackathons in a while. <laughs> These are pretty great. I was pretty impressed with them, with what they came up with. Was it uh, Gem Insight? Maybe that's what it is. I'm still looking at the... Okay. Entries. There we go. Oh, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. Wow, there are a lot of entries here. Well, we'll have to have another show. We'll have you guys come back on and we'll go through the Reels hackathons. <laughs> so I can give a proper plug. Because uh, these are pretty cool. Uh, the Better Errors gem with AI Assist looks interesting too. <laughs> So I'm curious, like, uh, as newbies, now that AI is rampant, rampant, right? Uh, do you find yourself using it a lot more, uh, or is it not helpful? You know, where where are you with that? Using what more? Like ChatGPT as an uh, or, or Copilot. Like, do you have do you have ones that you like over others, or do you just like avoid them? You go right, Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, at first I was very, not scary, but it's a big word, but I was like, hmm, no, I should not. And then I felt like, okay, it is here. It is powerful. But let's face it, it is powerful, but you have to be able to use it the right way. So not, hey, hi, GPT, how are you today? Please do this for me. No, it doesn't work, you know, but more like, okay, like now I see what's happening. I don't understand for example, my code or whatever. And okay, it's been like 20 times. I don't feel like asking again to senior. 
I will try myself. And so like this way, I think it can be useful, you know, but I'm pretty sure that really need to have, and same with Copilot, I really like it, honestly, but don't use it too much because sometimes like it goes crazy. Like you just write one, one letter and it goes like that. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, you just have to know your direction at least a minimum and then it can be very cool, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, uh, I use both as well for the same reasons. Like sometimes it's sort of like having a senior developer um, who can kind of guide you in the right direction if you're ever stuck on something. Um, and then, well, for Copilot, I use it a lot less. It's kind of like um, Microsoft Word, like autocomplete, <laughs> or like, I guess it's not on Word. Um, it's more so like in Gmail, if you have like an email that you're writing and you want to say like, sincerely, it'll finish that for you. Or like, please let me know if you have any other questions. So it's like the code equivalent where it just kind of completes what I wanted to write. Um, not often it's the exact thing that I wanted, but it gets me close enough to where I can just kind of correct it. Maybe I've saved a little bit of time. I'm not sure how much time I'm saving when I have to backspace a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, the conversational question, you know, what am I doing missing here, right? Uh, I definitely yeah. use it like that a lot. I do... <laughs> That I, I, it's not quite there though. I, I definitely like started a more advanced conversation with it, and you know, it just makes stuff up. So like, if, <laughs> <laughs> if if you ask it something, you know, am I doing this right, or is is this in a performant way? You know, it could just say, yeah, it's a performant sure way. It is. You know? <laughs> sure, and I'll give an example, even you know, <laughs> yeah. like, well, that example, you know, it points out this, and then it's like, oh yeah. You don't want Sorry to do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst is that I'm like, the, what you just wrote is not right. Or maybe they might give me the exact same code block that I gave them. And I'm like, nothing's changed here. Do you? <laughs> Thanks for nothing. And then you have right. to go back on your, you're on your own. <laughs> I know at that point, you just start entering random characters and hope that that <laughs> randomness like adjusted its output. Uh, uh. It never does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, hopefully it gets better. I mean, thankfully somebody else is working on those problems, you know, <laughs> right. and we can just keep trying. Yeah, We're just still working <laughs> with the magic of Rails. That's right. You guys work with the magic of machine learning. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, now that you've been to like a big major conference, uh, are you looking forward to more conferences in the future? Or uh, do you think one is like a good, good for a few years kind of thing? Where do you stand there? More? Yeah, um, yeah, no, that was really, yeah, 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 it gave me like more, 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 yeah. No, so, okay, this one was huge and amazing and like really cool, but it was a very nice first introduction, so it gave me the envy to continue and see more, like if all the planets are aligned, I, I would go to more and even like the, just the Ruby, not necessarily Rails, but even the Ruby conferences and this kind of things, yeah. I would like to see more. Not every day, but... <laughs> no, not every day. <laughs> uh, same. Absolutely the same. I want to participate more in the Rails community and obviously conferences are a part of that, but I hope that um, it gets more people excited to host local events. Um, 
I would think about uh, having a more active Lyon presence. Uh, we already have a wagon campus, but why not have more Rails uh, coders and developers who get together and speak about um, different Rails topics or just different uh, things happening in web development? I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh that sentiment. Uh, there's been a few new Ruby conferences that have popped up at, across the U.S. that I've been really excited about, right? Uh, where I've almost gone. <laughs> uh, I, I was, yeah, I, they get, <laughs> they're, you know, they're, it's hard once you get a family and, you know, then you got to break from the family. and But like, you know, even when they're really close, uh, you know, but at, even still, you know, just having them closer makes makes it more possible, you know. So right. uh, the more that there can be, the better for sure. Uh, exactly. So I do, I'm with you. I hope uh, uh, more people like take on to that and, you know, start start creating because it doesn't take much, you know, pay for some pizza and, you know, have, have people talk about whatever they want, really. You line up two or three people and, you know, that's a little mini conference, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no uh, swag, but right. that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, the next year you never know what it might you might get a sponsor, right? Like uh, <laughs> luckily there are lots of Ruby and Rails uh organizations out there, like companies that use it, right? So right. uh there's always there's always somebody looking to put their name on something. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, well, we're we're kind of getting to the end of time here. Uh, I wanted to leave some time for, uh, you know, picks or whatever you wanted to talk about. Uh, that's maybe not Rails or Ruby or, or is Rails and Ruby? <laughs> you know, uh, what? Well, why don't you go first, uh, Derry? Um, is there I anything you wanted to share? Don't have any picks. Uh, because I, I don't know, I'm, I'm myself, um, just kind of going through, um, the startings of my, my developer career, but I will say that I have found this, um, Wilco, um, kind of platform, um, which can be great for other junior developers. Let me just try and find a link so that I can share that with you, Valentino. Um, and it's, like sort of like a game, but it puts you in the workplace of like a, um, of like, it's like you're starting your first day as a developer and they're giving you all these challenges, which are kind of like kind of simple uh, web development um, exercises. And you get to do this in the framework of like, okay, so you're going to use GitHub, uh, you're using Docker, you can choose your framework so you can have Rails as your backend and React as your frontend. And then afterwards, you just go through these challenges one by one. And afterwards, you just feel a bit more confident about actually working in a similar environment in case you ever get that first job. Um, I'm going through it just because I want to solidify certain skills for myself. And I think that if anyone else who is starting out or just wants to review some of their own skills, even if they've been going through or they've been working for a few years or even several years. I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's a really great um, app. Yeah, super cool. I was just saying, <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Uh, I always love a good uh, tutorial site. Uh, just a 
know what to send people to, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. That's awesome. Uh, what about you, Miriam? Do you have a pick for today or two or three? It's up to you. <laughs> not much more. Not, not much more to add. Just say that hopefully next year in Toronto, I will see more ladies at the Rail Conference. But that's pretty much it. The, yeah. Pretty big group. Yeah, we could tell that by the. Um, yeah, yeah, true. But we could tell, and you know, at the restroom, that's <laughs> way more. <laughs> that's good for us, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I too hope that there are more women at you know the conferences. Uh, you know, at more more diversity in general. Uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I my first Rose Comp there it was pretty bleak. <laughs> but that was many years ago and I'm hopeful that it's not so, you know, not so bad, but uh <laughs> It was nice at this uh Rails conference is that they is that there was uh, quite a bit of diversity. There could be more women for sure, but um there's people from all around the world. Um you don't have just like ethnic or uh, gender diversity. There's just a lot of different people in general, people from the States, people from Europe, people coming from Africa, from Asia. And it's like really cool to get all those people in one place. Um, so yeah, I, I hope there's as much uh, enthusiasm for Toronto and we'll see the same uh, type of mix. Uh, I was just thinking about, uh, well, I have a pick, I guess, but I don't want to take your <laughs> spot here. Uh, but Maybe women on rails. Uh, <laughs> I I know that women on rails is uh, semi based in France, right? I do know of some rails um, uh, women on rails. Uh, what do I say? Or organizations, but I don't know if that one is semi based in France. I know there's. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yes. The newsletter. Yes, the newsletter. there are. Yeah, exactly. There are. Um, actually, I think a French woman started it. She's based in Paris, I believe, and she runs um, a Paris uh, Ruby on Rails group. Um, and yeah, she has that newsletter and then she actually translates it into... I really love that newsletter. It's, languages. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Uh, and, it, you know, I'm always looking for more women programmers because there aren't really that many and you know i like to have the extra insight right from somebody that's not you know what i am because <laughs> you know you get more perspective about things uh you exactly. know different people think differently and so the more you can get the better and so it's it's really nice like very well curated and uh you know they're very passionate about you know sharing what other you know women developers are speaking about and writing about and i really love uh you know following along so um if you're not familiar womenonreels.com i think has uh the newsletter um, yeah i subscribed to it and but i think i subscribed a little too late so i didn't get the uh the latest one let's see ah yes we did get the last one on september 26th yeah no they break for uh for the summer right <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for them. This is the you take a proper European vacation, take August off. I really wish the work. states had the summer off. I, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So sorry, Miriam. Uh, did you have a pick? I didn't mean to, you know, snowball into yours. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I know, because I don't have one. Let's go ahead and promote <laughs> WND.RG if you want. Oh, I also love them as well. Did they have a good presence at uh, Rails World? I know that. Uh, oh, what is her name? Um, uh, Adriana Chang. I think that she's one of the. Um, I don't want to say animators, but I don't. I think that she also is one of like the co-founders. But she uh, definitely helped organize the breakfast that we had during Rails World. So we did have a WNB.RB breakfast, which was really nice. Um, because you got to see a lot of people or <laughs> just that were interested, mostly women and non-binary again. Um, so it does give you like that different perspective, like how do they experience um, the tech industry? How are they experiencing rails? Um, yep. And they also have talks that happen. So if you join the group, uh, we have talks that happen, I think once every month. Um, that are quite interesting that either discuss something that's happening with the framework or with Ruby, um, or perhaps just in general about uh, your tech career, which is quite helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. I know uh, several coworkers that are, are part of that too, and they, they just love, you know, the, the meetups and the book club and all that. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm always happy to hear that <laughs> it affects more people, you know, because um, they do, they do awesome with Brittany and uh, Gemma and, I think Emily too. Uh, I'm gonna whole, have to find them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're awesome, and uh, I'm I'm so you know I'm so glad because they'll be at all these conferences, and I, I just love it because they they bring such a great you know uh, vibe to the to the whole conference, and uh, it's great to see what they do. Um, so, uh, is there anything uh, else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, we've said we've gone through quite a lot. You know, I'm really excited That's to see these Rails World, you know, <laughs> conference talks come out and, uh, you know, see your lovely faces emceeing, you know, as well. I'm sure it's going to be. I don't know uh, if you'll see us. Yeah, maybe uh, not. <laughs> Is that a conference that they only? Edited, yeah, I think because oh, of the way no. they edited the <laughs> keynote, I'm thinking that we might not be too visible in the actual videos, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, might you could have, say it you might were have there. Had to be an in-person experience. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you have to be there. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I will make the next one for sure. Then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll be we'll be in sync for that, be, yeah. but hopefully we'll be attendees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we would love to meet you in person, Valentino. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I I, I love to meet my guests. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I. I don't get out much, but when I do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure I'll see you around in the Rails community. You know, I'm I'm online a lot, and uh, so you never know when uh, a commit might pop up for me from something you're working on. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It was it was really great to have you, and great to hear. You know, I love to hear newcomers' stories of uh, you know that are new to Rails and helping the community thrive because we need it. We need everyone, you know? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Valentino. It helps, uh, it helps make that passion grow even more for Rails to see everyone so excited about it. And um, it's nice to even just be here talking with you, someone more experienced, um, who's giving uh, junior developers like us hope as we make our marks. <laughs> 
Yeah. Thank Thanks again for coming on. And, uh, you know, don't worry, you know, nobody knows everything and I'm sure you're doing great. You know, <laughs> I just, just keep up with it. And, uh, you know, the reals magic will, will take over your life. For sure. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> Hopefully fill your pocketbook, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the most important thing. The magic needs to spread as, as the wealth increases. All right. Well, until next time, folks, I'm Valentino and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye.